0: It says, speak unto the children of Israel concerning the feast of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feast. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. A holy convocations, you shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. What does all your dwelling means? No matter what continent our footsteps on. This is a commandment that the Lord commanded us. Verse four, these are the feast of the Lord. Again, not the feast of the Jews, not the feast of Moses. It says, these are the feast of the Lord. See, that's how they downplay them. By saying, oh, this was just specifically for the Jews and the Jews alone. Well, it was given to the Israelites, brothers and sisters. But if you want to come Into the body of Christ and under the blood of Jesus, the same doctrine that was given to the children of Israel is the same doctrine that you have to come up under, whether you are Israelite or not. That's why the Lord didn't make no mistake and say, these are the feasts that I'm giving to the Jews or these are the Jews feasts that I'm giving to you. No, he said, these are my feasts. These are the feasts of the Lord even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. And the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. The Passover is coming up next Tuesday, brothers and sisters, at sundown. Again, we're about to celebrate the Passover next Tuesday at sundown. So we're one week away from the Passover. So we felt like what better way to prepare you for the Passover than to do a lesson on the Passover but also gives you the other um, um, spectrum, the opposite spectrum about Easter. So which one does the Lord want us to celebrate or keep? Easter versus Passover is our lesson for today. Now, we see that the Passover is on the 14th day of the first Monday evening, but what happens the day after the Passover? It says on the 15th day of the same month, is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Now, let me tell you how important this day was to God's people, to the Israelites. It was so important that when Jesus was killed on the day of the Passover, so evidently, Passover, which is a memorial, brothers and sisters, didn't take precedence Over the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Because the Jews during that time was able to kill him on the Passover, but he had to be in the ground before the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now you and I know they had to do it anyway because it lines up with prophecy. The prophecy that we just read And Exodus, the 12th chapter, which is an actual event that took place, but it was still prophetic because the Lord told Israel to get a lamb. Right. Um, And and I'll go back to it because I want to be correct in this. He said, get a lamb, store it up on the 10th day. And I'm going to read it just to make sure that my words are in line and incorrect. He said, uh, let me see. Exodus. There we go. Exodus 12 chapter, just going back there one moment. He said, speaking to the children of Israel, congregation of Israel saying in the 10th day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. Right? So on the 10th day, they get the lamb. On the 14th day, the whole congregation kills the lamb. So why do you think the children of Israel killed Jesus on the Passover? Because it was already told that that's what they would do according to what was done. The ritual that was done. When God gave it to Moses and the children of Israel, when they were being freed from Egypt. Now, Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, the next verse talks about the feast of unleavened bread. So. I want to stop there for right now because I want to deal with these feasts and these festivals. So six verse says, and the 14th day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. We had that, right? Last Wednesday at sundown. Six says, Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> the passover and i'm going ahead of myself is next tuesday that was the first day of god's new year wednesday in which we were with yolanda carter who's on the line right now but the passover is next tuesday at sundown so we got that but the day after the passover is the first day of the feast of unleavened bread and it says what do you do what does the lord command us to do it says on the 15th day of the same month as the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. So we can't eat any bread that has leavening in it for seven days starting next Wednesday at sundown, okay? Starting next Wednesday at sundown. So we eat those, um, I think they call it like pita breads almost like the ones that the gyros are wrapped in. So any bread that has yeast in it or leavening in it that makes the dough rise, we can't eat that bread for seven days, according to the Lord. We're reading it here. We're talking about Easter versus Passover. We're going to show you that according to the word of God, that Easter is anti-Christ. Let's go to Leviticus 23:15 and 16. So we got. The Passover. We got the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Okay, those are celebrated in the first month of God's new year. Let's go to the third month of God's new year and see what's celebrated in the third month of God's new year. Let's go to Leviticus 23, 15 and 16. And it reads. And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the next day after the seventh Sabbath shall you number 50 days and you shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So here it is now. We got the number 50, which represents Pentecost. Pentecost means five. The number five is the first number in 50. So Pentecost only represents 50 days, brothers and sisters. Okay. Now, this is also called the Feast of Weeks because you got seven Sabbaths that are there. I just want y'all to hold on. If y'all don't get it right now, just keep listening and you're going to get it, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to the seventh month of the year. According to the Lord's time. Now. The seventh month is so important, brothers and sisters, that there are four feast days that happen in the seventh month of the year, according to God's time. Let's go ahead and read some. We're going to read verses 23 and 24. We're in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, 23 and 24. And it reads, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, speak unto the children of Israel saying, in the seventh month, is the first day, I'm sorry, in the first day of the month, shall you have a Sabbath, a memorial of the blowing of trumpets, even a holy convocations. Now, it's 12 months in a year, right? What does the memorial of the blowing of trumpets sound? Trumpets signal something. It's a calling, brothers and sisters. This marks the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Christ, or Messiah. In the seventh month of God's year brother, uh, um, in God's time, right, it's the memorial of the blowing of trumpets, which represents the coming of Jesus. Remember, he comes at the blowing of the last trump. Let's read verse 27 and 28. It says, also on the 10th day of the seventh month. So we got the first day of the seventh month. Now we at the 10th day of the seventh month. There shall be a day of atonement and shall be a holy convocation unto you. And you shall afflict your souls and offering, offering made by fire unto the Lord. We don't do offerings now because when Jesus offered his body, it replaced sacrifice and offerings. So here it is now we still in the seventh month. This is the second feast day in the seventh month. This is the day of atonement. This is the only day of the year that the Lord commands us to fast. No food, no water. Any fast that you do outside of this is something that you chose to do on your own, but this is the only time of the year that the Lord commands us to fast. Make an atonement, right? So when Jesus returns, he is still going to give us an opportunity to atone for our sins and change our ways. So when he comes at the blowing of the seventh trump, which what the which is what the memorial of the blowing of trumpets represents, he gives us an opportunity to atone. Right. And now what happens after that? What's his first um, thing that he does when he comes back? Well, one of the first things that he does when he comes back, let's go to verses 33 through 39. 33 through 39, and it reads And the Lord says, Speak unto Moses, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The 15th day of this seventh month, so you got the first day, the 10th day, now the 15th day of the seventh month, it says, Shall be. The Feast of Tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no servile work therein. So the Feast of Tabernacles, brothers and sisters, is that great gathering, the gathering of the children of Israel from all the four corners of the earth where we were taken and dispersed during the slave trade. So he's gathering us to bring us back into his fold, brothers and sisters. Thanksgiving was patterned off of the Feast of Tabernacles. And this is a fall feast day, brothers and sisters. Okay, you got your spring feast days, you got your fall feast days. Okay. Let me continue reading. 36, seven days shall you offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And on the eighth day shall be a holy convocation unto you. You shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly. You shall do no servile work therein. Now, again, let me stress, we don't do no offerings made by fire. When Jesus came and died for the remission of our sins, that was the last offering that needed to be done. He replaced the offerings that are mentioned here, which was done by animals and 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 some of everything, okay? Jesus replaced that. So we don't do the sacrifice and offerings anymore. So when you read that, know that Jesus replaced that. Verse 37, these are the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, a meat offering, a sacrifice, a drink, drink offerings, Everything upon his day. Besides the Sabbaths of the Lord and besides your gifts and besides all your vows and besides all your free will offerings, which you give unto the Lord. Also, verse 39, in the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, what is the fruit of the land? When you've gathered the fruit of the land, when you've gathered the children of Israel from everywhere that we are placed across this globe. You shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. So brothers and sisters. I didn't read nothing about Easter in the Lord's holy days right here. So if we didn't read about Easter, then where did it come from? Let me go over this again. You got the Passover, which is a memorial. You got the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And you got the seventh day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You got the Day of Pentecost, the Memorial of the Blowing of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Tabernacles, and the eighth day. These are all the feast days of the Lord that he commands us to keep. Now, if your church is not teaching these things, brothers and sisters, they are causing you to error and break the laws and the commandments of God. Let's deal with this Easter thing, brothers and sisters. Now, we've been taught since birth about the Easter bunny, Peter Cottontail, uh, Easter eggs. And the church played a major role in delivering this information to us that Easter is of God. Now, we know that according to history, Easter originally was the celebration of the goddess Esther or Astarte or Estorte which is the goddess of fertility. Now, if Easter represents a god or a goddess, and she's represented by an egg, which represents new life, or a rabbit, which represents fertility, because during springtime, the grass grows out of the ground. The leaves grows from the branches on the trees. Things that are in hibernation comes out of hibernation. So during springtime, the earth repopulates itself. It's very fertile. So it's no mistake that during this time of the year, brothers and sisters, that Easter is celebrated by the nations all over the world, which celebrated these pagan deities. Now, y'all remember that old game, catch a girl, kiss a girl, right? That all came from that Easter celebration where in Greece and in Rome and in these Gentile nations during this time of the year, during the time that they celebrated their Easter springtime celebration, they will go get naked women And they would play these little games like I'm going to turn around and count to 10 while you go hide. And since the woman carries the egg, the man would go Easter egg hunting. And if he found the woman, he could lay with her and have sex with her and hopefully impregnate her because this was the time of year that represented fertility. So it was a very sexual, perverted festival that these Gentiles played a part of, where they had sex orgies and they took these women and they paraded them around in their nakedness. This has nothing to do with God, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter, to see what the Lord says about celebrating The festival of a god or goddess. Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter, verses 1 through 5. Exodus 20. Verses 1 through 5. And it reads. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. No, not Esther or Astarte, which was the goddess of fertility in one nation. In another nation, she was called um, Aphrodite. In another nation, she was called Isis. In another nation, she was called another name. So just type in your Google search engines, goddess of fertility, and read the list. Uh, matter of fact, go to Google and type in the list of goddess goddesses of fertility and see all the names that you see on there. And you're going to run into Esther or Esther. Or Astart- or, starry, which is where Easter came from. Verse 3 Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Verse 4 Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Well, what is an egg? It's an image. That the Lord said, Don't make to thee any graven image or any likeness or anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5 Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So when the churches are filled, on Easter Sunday and they're celebrating Easter in the name of Jesus how do you think that the God of Israel feels about that the mixture of his word with false teaching. Don't it remind you of the golden calf that our forefathers built in the wilderness after we were released from the bondage of Israel? And they looked at those golden calves and they said, these be the gods that brought us out of Israel. That's our problem, brothers and sisters, the mixing of this world's religion with the doctrine of God. Let's go ahead and move forward with our lesson. We're talking about Easter versus Passover. Now, turn your books to the book of Matthew, the 26th chapter. Again, most people think that the Passover started with Jesus. But Jesus was continuing a tradition that we read in the book of Exodus, the 12th chapter, because he had to keep it. So if Jesus had to keep the Passover. And you are a follower of Jesus then why don't you keep the Passover? Let's read it. Matthew 26, 17 through 30. Matthew 26. And we're going to read 17 through 30. And it reads... Now, the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, where will we prepare thee to eat the Passover? This is an error in the Bible, brothers and sisters. I'm going to say it again. The Bible is not perfect. But the word of God that is in the Bible is perfect. So let me say this again. This is an error. It says, now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, where shall we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? But we just learned in this lesson that the Passover was on the 14th day of the first month at evening. The Feast of Unleavened Bread is on the 15th day, the next day. That's a whole separate holy day of God. But here, they can bind them together both. That was an error in the Bible. And so when we see errors in the Bible, we have to point it out. I'm not going to be one of those brothers that say to you, everything in the Bible is perfect. No, but I will say to you that the word of God that's written in the Bible is perfect. But everything that's written in the Bible is not coming from... um, the words that came from God, brothers and sisters. All right. So now, now, since we know that verse 17 is in error, it wasn't the first day of the feast of unleavened bread. It was indeed the Passover. Verse 18 said, and he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master saith, my time is at hand and I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And again, we still talking about the Passover. Feast of unleavened bread ain't here until the next day comes. 19, and the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the evening was come, he sat down with the 12, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceedingly sorrow, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. And He took the cup and gave thanks and gave it unto them and saying, drink ye all of it. For this is the my blood of the New Testament, which is shared many for the remission of sins. Now, what does he mean for this is my blood for the New Testament? Now, when you read the book of Acts, the 10th chapter, it tells you that animal sacrifice was a shadow. the good things that were to come so his blood replaced the law of animal sacrifice that's why he said for this is my blood of the new testament which is shared for many for the remission of sin okay so now you can let me see i want to make sure that i get the important point out of this you can read the rest of your own but just goes to show you the point that jesus kept the passover okay now there is only one place in the bible that easter is mentioned because i know some of y'all are gonna say well easter is in the bible brother black ice yes easter is in the bible some some of us will use this and and uh misrepresent that it is a approved day of god but remember Jesus was around the time of the Romans. The Romans had celebrations too. So when Easter is mentioned in the Bible, it is written of and mentioned as a Roman celebration of the goddess of fertility that we just spoke about, the goddess of spring. Now, let's see right here in the book of Acts, the 12th chapter, 1 through 4, let's see, Acts the 12th chapter, okay, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, Now, about the time of Herod, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Now, we know that the Feast of Unleavened Bread is the Lord's thing, right? It was listed there. But let's read about the Romans thing, okay? Because remember, they proceeded to take Peter also. These were during the days of unleavened bread. The Romans had no respect for that. But let me show you what they did have respect for one of their own days. Verse 4, it says, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four uh quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter, after Easter, to bring him forth to the people. Well, why didn't the Romans want to bring him forth during Easter? Because Easter was one of their celebrated, sanctioned days. And it was important to them. But the Feast of Unleavened Bread wasn't important to the Romans because They arrested him during the time of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Let's read it again. Acts 12, one through four. Now, about the time Herod, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, talking about Peter, during the Days of Unleavened Bread, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So to the Romans, Easter was so important that they said, hey, we're going to take this man, put him in prison. We're going to wait until our Easter celebration is over with. Then we're going to bring him before the the people. Why? Why they didn't say we're going to wait until after the Feast of Unleavened Bread? Because the Feast of Unleavened Bread was an Israelite. Celebrated sanctioned God holiday, but Easter was not. That was a Roman thing. So when you celebrate Easter. You are a Roman Christian. Roman Christianity is different from biblical Christianity, brothers and sisters. That's why this shirt says biblical Christianity is unpopular. Popular Christianity is unbiblical. So Easter is anti-Christ. According to what we research on it, the origins of it, where it began, how it came into existence. They didn't celebrate, as Crystal said, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, but they celebrated Easter. So let's go ahead and continue reading, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now, One of the things that they say with Easter is that Jesus was killed on a Friday and he rose early Easter Sunday morning. Let's analyze this. We know that Jesus was killed on the Passover because it was already prophesied that that would happen, brothers and sisters. He took the Passover with his disciples. But you got to understand that a day starts when the sun goes down. The evening is first, and then the day comes after the evening. So when Passover first began, it was dark because it was evening or what we call night. That was when he took the Passover. They caught him and captured him and tortured him all that morning, all that afternoon, put him on a cross, and he had to be killed before sundown on the day of the Passover, brothers and sisters. So the question is, was Jesus killed on a Friday like they say he was? Or was he killed on a different day? Now, this is also going to show you what day the Passover was on when Jesus lived during the time of his death. This is also going to show you the day of the Passover. Let's go to Matthew 28, 1 through 6. Matthew 28, 1 through 6. Now, it says, in the end of the Sabbath. It didn't say that the Sabbath was over with. The Sabbath is still here. It's just at the end of it. It says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, Towards the first day of the week. Now, we know that the first day of the week is Sunday. Sabbath is on Saturday, so we still in Saturday. We at the end of Saturday, but we still in Saturday. It says, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week or Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become his dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, fear not. For I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here. So you mean to tell me? before saturday at sundown or before evening came on saturday before sunday even got here that jesus was going on the sabbath day that's what i'm reading It says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, they went to the sepulchre. The angel appeared to them and answered them and said, I know that you seek one whose name is Jesus. He is not here. Jesus was already gone before Sunday even got here. So if Saturday was the last day, that had to be the third day. And the Friday night was the last night that had to be the third night. So if you count three nights and three days, from Saturday during the day, Friday during the night, you got Saturday, which is the third day, Friday, which is the second day, and Thursday, which is the first day. So the first day that Jesus was in the grave was Thursday during the day. The second day was Friday. The third day was Saturday because before sundown on Saturday, the angel appeared to Mary Magdalene and Mary, his mom, who went to the sepulchre to see him and told him he is not here. But that's the three days. Let's get the three nights. So Friday had to be the last night If Saturday was the first morning. Or the first day. So let's count backwards, starting at Friday night and let's get our three nights. We got Friday night, which is the third, which is the third night. Thursday night. Which is the second night. And Wednesday night. Which is the first night. Hmm. That's interesting. So you mean to tell me that Jesus was killed on a Wednesday? And he was put in a grave on Wednesday night? Before sundown? Let's go read. Because we know Wednesday falls in the middle of the week. There's three days before Wednesday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And there's three days after Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. That's why Wednesday is called hump day because it is the middle of the week. Well, let's go to Daniel, the seventh chapter. And let's read if we can confirm that Jesus was killed on a Wednesday. Let's go to Daniel, the seventh chapter. We got to confirm. And that's why you need both. Old and New Testament, scripture and testimony, brothers and sisters. That's why you need both, because how can we confirm what we just read unless we read what prophecy say? Daniel 7, and let's go down. Let me see. Was it Daniel 7? I'm sorry, Daniel 9. Daniel 9. And 27. And it reads, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, what is what does the word what is the root of the word mist? It's mid, which means middle, the etymology or root of the word mist is middle, mid. It says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst or middle of the week, he shall cause the sacrifices and the oblations to cease. What sacrifices and oblations ceased when Jesus died? Well, when Jesus died, brothers and sisters, what happened when Jesus died? the veil was ripped in twain. What was the veil used for, brothers and sisters? It was used to take the blood of a goat or a lamb and they would sprinkle the blood on the veil to make atonement for the sins of the people. But when the veil ripped in twain, that ended animal sacrifice and the blood of Jesus replaced animal sacrifice. That's why it says here, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the middle of the week, which is Wednesday, he shall cause the sacrifice and oblations to cease. That lines right up with what we just read in Matthew, the 28th chapter. If Jesus rose on a Saturday, a Sabbath, the Sabbath day. He had to be killed on a Wednesday in order for. The sign of Jonah being in the belly's well for three days and three nights, which is with the sign that he gave us that he should be in the heart of the earth. For three days and three nights. He had to be in a grave for three days and three nights. So he was killed on a Wednesday, brothers and sisters. Okay, And he was put in a grave on Wednesday before sundown. Right at sundown. So the first night that he was in the grave was Wednesday night. Okay. Second night was Thursday night. Third day was Friday night. The first day he was actually in the grave was Thursday. The second day was Friday. The third day was Saturday. Those are your three days and your three nights, brothers and sisters. We can go into depth. If it was something that you didn't understand out of what we just read, then let us know we would deal with that uh, at another time. Let's go to Matthew, the 27th chapter. We're going to learn three things here, brothers and sisters, in Matthew, the 27th chapter. That Jesus wasn't put into the grave into the evening, which is what we just spoke which is according to the Bible, the beginning of a new day. So if he was killed on a Wednesday, like I just spoke, Thursday evening would be the first evening or night he was in a grave. Okay. We'll also find out that Jesus had more than 12 disciples. We always like to talk about the 12 disciples, but Jesus had more than 12 disciples, brothers and sisters. Those were just his main ones. Okay. Now. We're also going to learn about another um, title called the Day of Preparation. Now, when I first read that, I had to do some research. I didn't know what the Day of Preparation was. But the Day of Preparation, for those of you all who don't know, is the day before the feast days happen. Because you got to prepare for them. You can't do no work on the feast day, so you got to do all your work the day before the feast day to prepare for the feast day, right? So let's learn something on the way to learning something. Matthew 27, Matthew 27, 57 through 63, Matthew 27, 57 through 63, and it reads, When the evening was come, there came a rich man of uh, Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. We don't read about a Joseph being Jesus' disciple, okay? It says, he went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone in, to the door of the sepulchre and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting against the sepulchre. Now, the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that The deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again. And that's exactly what happened, brothers and sisters. After three days, when Mary Magdalene and Mary, his mom, went to the sepulcher to see about him, the angel told him he is not here. Now, let's close this thing up. Now that we know that Easter is Antichrist, And it's not a sanctioned day that God wants us to celebrate and or honor or participate in. Let's find out what the purpose of the Passover is, brothers and sisters. Now, let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter. One verse, verse eight, Ephesians, second chapter. We're going to read one verse. verse 8 and it reads for by grace for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of god so When Jesus came, brothers and sisters, and died on that cross and shed his blood for the remission of our sins. That was grace, brothers and sisters. Now, grace didn't just come into existence, though. When Jesus did that, grace was all the way in the beginning because God could have done away with mankind. Right. Without leaving Noah. And his sons and their wives to repopulate. But that was grace back then. We messed up again like we always do. And God gave us another chance through Jesus. Okay, cool. You got grace. Okay. So faith, brothers and sisters, is the key here. You want grace, you got to have faith. Faith gives you the ability to believe in God enough to say, you know what, God? I don't understand these feast days that Brother Black Ice is talking about right now. Matter of fact, this is my first time hearing about it. I didn't learn this in the church that I go to. My mama didn't tell me about it. Why is this brother reading this and it's saying that you are commanding us to keep these things? Here's faith, though. Faith is if I'm reading out of the word of God and you're listening to me read and you can go to the scripture yourself and read it for yourself, even if you don't understand it. Even if you were never taught it by your mom, your grandmom, even if they don't teach it in the church that you go to, what should you do? You a follower of Jesus. Jesus did it. Faith would allow you to walk in a direction that you don't even know where you're going because God told you to walk in that direction. And that's where your grace comes in. At so we complain about the hell that we go through in our life. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm going through that. Could it be that we're not keeping the commandments? I tell my friends that all all the time. You do a lot of complaining, but you don't try to look in a book and find out what's required of you by God to receive his blessings. He just going to bless you just because he want to bless you? No, this is not no one-way relationship. This is what I'm requiring you to do for me, and this is what I'm willing to do for you. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. So God did all this for us in the past, brothers and sisters. Why would he allow us to still go through all that we've been through it's simple as i said before we don't listen deuteronomy 28 1 and 2. deuteronomy 28 1 and 2. this is why we have these lessons before the day comes brothers and sisters now you know that you shouldn't celebrate easter easter ain't here yet you got a chance not to do it this year you also know according to the word of God, that we must keep the Passover and we must keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We're letting you know a week before it gets here so that you can prepare, mentally prepare. Call me and Sister Key and Sister Crystal and other members of Team Truth Hour ask us questions of things that you don't understand. But you got a whole week to prepare to build your relationship with God. Because you don't have a relationship with God if you're not keeping his statutes, laws, and commandments. We're just fooling ourselves. Deuteronomy 28, verses 1 and 2, and it reads, And it shall come to pass, that if you shall listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord God shall set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if you shall listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God. So God is telling you, if you do what I say, just keep my words. If I tell you to do something, do it. If I tell you don't do something, then don't do it. We're gonna be straight. We're gonna have a beautiful relationship. But if you do the things that you are taught to do in your past. If you wanna keep Easter, you can't have no relationship with God. If we don't wanna keep the Sabbath day, we can't have no relationship with God. If we don't don't wanna stop celebrating Christmas, you can't have no relationship with God. We got to do what he say do, no matter what mama taught us. And no matter what grandmama taught us, you got to be able to deny that and roll with god let's go to the book of deuteronomy the 30 chapter deuteronomy the 30th chapter although we've been through what we've been through as a people brothers and sisters if we have enough faith and return back to the father he promises to change our condition not before time though because we have to roll this thing out there's a set time appointed on our condition as a people because we're under this curse of Deuteronomy 28, which I just read, just read verses Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 64, you will see the curse that we were placed under as a nation of people. But let's read what's going to happen when this curse is turned from us. Deuteronomy 31 through 8, Deuteronomy 30, 1 through 8, and it reads. And it shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee, the blessings and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord of God has driven you. Who driven us to America? It says where the Lord God has driven you. It says, and shall return unto the Lord thy God and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. You and your children with all your heart and with all your soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn your captivity and have compassion on you and will return and gather you from all the nations where the Lord your God has scattered you. Again, who is responsible for us getting on these slave ships and being taken to the four corners of the world? It wasn't a white man. The Lord scattered us. He used them to do the scattering, but. He's the one that did it as a form of punishment because we wouldn't keep his statutes, his laws and his commandments. It says, if any of mine be driven out unto the outermost part of heaven, which means the earth. From thence will the Lord thy God gather you and from thence will he fetch you. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above your fathers. So I don't care how much you love America, how much you love Chicago, how much you love Riverdale, how much you love other places, Atlanta, how much you love Raleigh. When the Lord comes back, he's going to gather us for the four corners of the earth and bring us back into the land of our fathers, which is Israel. Israel. Brothers and sisters, oh my god, this is a blessing. Let's close this thing out with Hebrews, the 11th chapter. By faith, brothers and sisters, we should keep the Passover, by faith, we should keep the feast of unleavened bread and all the other feast days that the Lord commanded us to keep. By faith, we should deny the world the things that this world has to offer. Although our mothers gave it to us, although our grandmothers gave it to us, and when we think about it, we think about how much of a good time we had. Grandma, in the kitchen baking pies and cooking things up, boiling eggs and painting those eggs different colors and taking you in a backyard and saying, hey, go get this basket and you can get all these eggs that you wanna get. We didn't know that we were participating at that time in a pagan antichrist festival grandma more than likely didn't know either but now that we know today we must do better let's close this thing out hebrews 11 <clears throat> 24 through 28 easter versus passover which one of them is antichrist and the answer brothers and sisters ladies and gentlemen of the jury it is easter it is a roman deity sex goddess goddess of fertility springtime celebrated festival which has nothing to do with god or jesus the christ close this thing out with hebrews the 11th chapter verses 24 through 28 and it reads by faith moses when he was come to years refused to be called the son of pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Our Lord and Savior destroyed the firstborn of Egypt. From the cattle to the sons of Egypt. If you want to avoid that death, which is called the second death or the lake of fire, we got to do what Moses and them did. They came under the blood. Come under the blood, Passover, come out of her. Feast of unleavened bread, that yeast or that leavening that is in the bread represents sin. So when you come under the blood, we have to come out of sin and prepare ourselves to be a part of the body of Christ in the kingdom of God. Let's close with this. I almost forgot, Sister Keith. Let's close with this. Numbers the sixth chapter. Put it in the comment section, please, Sister Key. Let's put it in the comment section. We thank you all for listening to today's broadcast. Um, the Easter versus Passover. We thank you so much. We're gonna read verse 24 through 27 of Numbers, the sixth chapter. Numbers, the sixth chapter, verses 24 through 27. Now, this is what the Lord desires for you, right? Peace be still. You got faith, you can't have fear. If You got faith, you can't be worrying. If you got faith, you can't be upset. If you got faith, you know that things are gonna work out in your favor, right? Because if you got faith, you're in compliance with the word of God and God don't leave those behind that's within his compliance. Don't say you won't get into trouble. You'll experience hard times, but you'll be able to survive it and make it through. Numbers, the sixth chapter, verses 23 through 27. I'm sorry, 24 to 27. The Lord bless thee and keep thee, The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Class Truth Hour. Here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. I'm your brother, Black Ice, minister of Truth Hour Ministries, and um, to my team, That's online with me right now. And Sister Key Israel on behalf of all of Team Truth Hour, we say thank you so much for tuning in in tonight's broadcast and God bless you in Jesus name. Now, if you're on YouTube, if you have a Facebook page, then go and like our Facebook group page, which is the Bible Class Truth Hour. The Bible Class Truth Hour. If you're on Facebook and... You have a YouTube account, then please go subscribe and YouTube, you subscribe to. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. Truth Hour TV. If you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, 312-719-7310. One zero, thank you, YouTube. Signing off, good night. All right, um, our brothers and sisters who are on Facebook Live, I thank you so much for hanging in there with us, tuning in with us. Um, let's get prepared for the Passover on Tuesday, next Tuesday at sundown, and then immediately after that, Wednesday at sundown, we'll be celebrating. The feast of unleavened bread, remember seven days, we can't eat any bread that has that that rising agent in it. Okay, We can't eat any bread that has that agent in it that makes it rise, that yeast, okay? So go out and get you some flat bread, okay? We gotta eat that bread for seven days, okay? So we want you to prepare for that now. You can start shopping now before the day comes. All right. So Poet Radio is signing off. Thank you for tuning in. Good night.